Several years ago at First Baptist Church of Ham, because of the love that God has given us in our hearts and because of the great need to recover and help those in the bonds of addiction, the Lord led us to start the Better Roads Recovery Home. Since that time, many, many people have received freedom. Many families have been united. We want to be a help to you as well. The Better Roads Recovery Ministry is founded upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in the book of John in chapter 8, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. There is no real freedom apart from Jesus Christ. Religion can only take you so far. A new leaf can only take you so far. We need Jesus. Number two, we want to inspire hope. When you're in trouble and when we're away from God and when we struggle with addiction, we oftentimes find ourselves in the hole of no hope. For that reason, we want to inspire hope. If God is in the equation, hope is in your future. Number three, we want to focus heavily upon discipline and direction. We want people that come to be a part of this home to find direction from the Lord and from His Word and from others who have also followed His Word. We disciple converts. We want people to have time one-on-one -on -one with other Christians to help them grow in their new relationship with Jesus and find the freedom that only He can give. And then lastly, we want to restore broken relationships. Sin has a devastating ability to complicate life and especially relationships whenever we're addicted. Dear friend, we want you to have the blessings of freedom. And we want to have healing and hope for every relationship that has been broken because of sin. We have seen the Lord use this program in many, many lives. Countless people have received help. We want you to be one of them. If anything on the website can be of help to you, please take time to contact us on the number on your screen. Or if you want to email us, feel free to do that as well. We're praying for you. We want you to be in a long lineage of those who have found help in Jesus Christ. God bless you. The video is oftentimes shown when our men and our ladies will go to another, another church and show that video, but I want uh, some of you may have not be familiar with that particular uh, ministry aspect, and we certainly want you to know that. Of course, I cannot think with better, about Better Roads without uh, just thinking about the men and women who laid the foundation throughout the years, and we thank God for Brother George and Nola Ramp and other people who just have come one after the other and been such a blessing from the inception of the ministry. I'm thankful for that. But today we have uh, some great, it's a great time to be a part of the Better Roads Recovery Home, but it doesn't, it's not because of one person. It's not even because of one church. It's because of many people. And like any work of God, it needs the Lordship of Jesus the leadership of the organization, the partnership of the servants of Christ. And I'm so grateful we have that. I'd like to just introduce to you these folks. And on the platform for our ladies is Miss Missy. Would you mind standing? Miss Missy coordinates the ladies program for the Better Roads Recovery Home. She is helped by Miss Evelisa. Miss Evelisa is right down here. And then also Miss Bethany is working here with us. And if you'd stand, Miss Bethany Williams works along with that. And I'm so thankful for them. Miss Julie Vasnick also, who's ill tonight, she helps as well. And then for a long time, one of the, the kind of glue that held everybody together was Miss uh, Rebecca Haynes over here. Miss Rebecca, would you stand? And she also uh, now assists us and continues to do so at the thrift store. I just, some of you might be missing Brett and Rebecca because they're, he's now an assistant pastor 
out in uh, Beecher, uh, Illinois. Brother Brett, why don't you stand with your sweet wife, if you would, please. And, of course, Brother Brett, Rebecca, pastor, loves them to death out there. Brother Deandra, and I'm so glad that you guys are able to serve the Lord there. I'm glad you could come over tonight. Thank you. These are our ladies. Let's give them a round of applause, would you please? And thank you, girls, for that. And for our men's home, and of course the, uh, the, the uh, direct report for the men's home, and the director is, is going to be from me to the men's home, is Brother Tim Harrell. Would you stand if you would please? Brother James Anderson is right over here, and uh, he is helping us. And then Brother Dave Talbot, and of course Brother Dave graduated from the program and just uh, is uh, chosen to come back and return and give his uh, investment to the ministry. I'm so thankful for that. But uh, they're also assisted by uh, Brother uh, Paul Johnson right down here. Would you mind standing, Brother Paul? And then uh, Brother Randy Robson, Brother Sergio Mendez, and uh, Brother Stephen Shields, and then Ramsey Barnes. These folks are ministering uh, to, to the men. The men's, of course, we have the men. I think some have as many as uh, 45 men at one time. The ladies usually have less than 12 uh, in their group, and so, but I'm so thankful for these men. Some of them went through the home themselves. Others of them have just been there. Brother Paul Johnson, uh, he does not receive a salary from our church. He volunteers. He has a little, small little room in the uh, in the the rescue mission, and he teaches the men in the morning and the evening. He memorized much of the Bible, if you know, and just uh, given himself selflessly to the things of God and. I think uh, whenever the judgment of Christ comes, many of us are going to be standing back and, and clapping <laughs> for, uh, for this man like this who loves the Lord. Probably one of the most respected men on this property at any given time. And I'm thankful for all of these men. They love him and we love you and I appreciate that. Let's give them a round of applause for their work. They're in the trenches every day, and I'm telling you what, it's, uh, it's not easy uh, being them sometimes, but I am so thankful for the leadership that God has given us in the home. I would say this is a good time for us to recognize people who might bring a meal once a month or twice a month, or uh, you will cook for the, for, the, for the men or for the ladies. You'll preach in the mission. You volunteer for one of the Bible studies. Would you stand to your feet all over the room if you help in the, in the men or ladies' home? From any time of casual week, that of course, Miss Sue Favor works a lot uh, with the sewing and things of that nature. All these people standing minister in some way. Would you give them a round of applause as well? And I thank the Lord for them. I'm going to ask if I can, please. We have one precious lady graduating tonight. I have some others who are going to graduate in the next time, but uh, we have one precious lady. I'm going to ask Julia if you'll come and stand right over here. I want Miss, uh, Mrs. Uh, Cogley to come share a few thoughts about Julia before we present her her certificate. I think this is my favorite evening of the year. We have two times a year that we get to celebrate the recovery of these ladies and the men, and it's so exciting to me. Um, I, when I think about this night, I realize this is really just the beginning. These girls are going to go on with life, and I'm so excited and so proud of them. We do have a few graduates here tonight, like Mikkel, McGroy, and we have um, Allie, and of course Rebecca that are here this evening. I'd like to mention a few other graduates that you may know, such as like Ilsa Marquez, who has graduated, and she lives in Rockford area and doing well, and Meryl Wiggins lives up in Michigan, and she's doing amazing. Um, Ramona Quito lives in Florida, and she's serving in the church there, working at a daycare, has her two children in the Christian school there, doing well. These are people that communicate with me, and it's so exciting to see this. Taylor Sub 
loved in doing well over in Iowa. These are, these are just a few ladies that are just still really sticking to it. I'm sure sometimes you may think, does, does this program really work? Do these ladies still stay doing what's right? And it's exciting to see their lives have victory. And I'm so glad that I get to be a part of it, just a small little part, and then all you ladies that help me with it, it I couldn't do it without you. Um, I would like to mention Julia. Julia came to, from Bulgaria to the States when she just graduated from high school and came to the States to go to Bible college. She attended Bible college for a semester, and her parents are missionaries in Bulgaria, and there are missionaries, the Owens family. And so we just love the Owens family, and we prayed for them for years. Um, but Julia came to go to college, and she struggled. She had some health problems. And because of those health problems, she couldn't go back to college. So her aunt and uncle graciously took her and into their home and helped her with her health problems. And they've been in their pastor over in West Virginia. And we're so thankful for their investment in her life. And Julia struggled. She had some health problems. She got some victory and then came to the home just to get some sol solid life, just get her schedule, her routine, and just to, be in, um, to grow in her walk with the Lord. And when she did that, she came and she was here for three months last October of 21. She was here for three months and then she just had some struggles physically. And because of those physical struggles, I had to send her back to her aunt and uncle and they graciously took her in again and helped her. But she wanted to be back here. She loved this place, loved our program, wanted to be part of it. And I was so excited when I was able to communicate with her and she was doing well physically and she came back to the program. And when she did come back to the program, we've had a few struggles with her health, but the Lord has given some great victories. Um, forgiveness is her number one thing. She forgave some people in her life that she was just, that were just holding her hostage and things that were causing her problems. And because of that victory, there was a change in her demeanor and everything about her. She already knew God. She walked with the Lord. She knew what it was like. She had amazing parents. Um, she grew up on the mission field. She served Jesus all of her life. But she just needed to forgive. And when she did that, God has helped her. I'm so proud of her. Um, she is an incredibly hard worker. Um, she's a blessing to me. Um, and I feel almost like she's a daughter to me in some ways. And she's, and my daughter Bella just loves her as a, just a sister in Christ and has really um, taken to her. I'm so proud of her. Her plans after she graduates are to stay here. She's finishing up in December. She'll be staying here and she'll be working and um, living at the home, saving money and going to Hiles Anderson College in the fall. So we're super proud of Julia. Thank you very much. And we are proud of you, Julia. I'm telling you, I just think about that. And you saw the picture of her mom and dad and family there. They have woken up early in the morning, in the middle of the night, to watch the graduation there in Bulgaria. And we're very, very grateful, I believe, her aunt and uncle are watching as well. But uh, there's some very challenging things that happened to her that, she, that hurt her deeply. And uh, I'm so grateful that there is an answer to pain. There is an answer to offense, and it comes in forgiveness. And she found that, and I'm telling you, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, Julia, there's many things we could say about her, and we're very proud of her, but she's very responsible, and you give her a job to do, and she will get it done. She works through things, and she does things in an excellent manner. She's probably too hard on herself sometimes, maybe too hard on other people too. I don't know about that, but, uh, but she is a blessing. And we are so proud of her. Would you put your hands together and congratulate her this evening? Thank you.
Uh, thank you, church, for your support, and uh, congratulations to the graduates uh, that will be uh, walking across the platform tonight. Um, it is a privilege for us to serve in this ministry, uh, just to have an outreach uh, to our community, uh, to our culture at large. Uh, if you just do a little bit of study, you'll see that about 60% of the American population deal with some form of addiction, whether it's alcoholism, uh, cigarette addiction, or a stronger substance, uh, or uh, a sexual perversion, or something of that nature, 60% of Americans. So quite a few people in this room probably deal with addiction. And so we see with our studies that it is important to have a ministry to help people uh, break the bonds of addiction. To uh, I was reading Isaiah today, and I was looking at the Bible talking about uh, destroying a yoke. And uh, God wants to destroy yokes in people's lives. And uh, we just get the opportunity to serve uh, with uh, ladies and gentlemen who uh, come in to us with the, uh, at their lowest point. And uh, we have to take them right where they are and pray like everything depends on God. And, uh, and then we see what the Lord does miraculously in lives. We talked on this morning about redemption. And uh, I think I'm so familiar with it because I deal with it on a daily basis. Uh, seeing people come uh, who have been uh, bought or sold into slavery of sin and then Christ uh, just simply buys them back Amen. and uh, redeems them and covers them. And uh, I'm excited to walk hand in hand with the Lord and with those who partner with us in ministry uh, and seeing uh, lives change. This evening, we have several gentlemen uh, that we'll mention here uh, that pastor will come up and uh, have come forward. But I want to ask you guys, if you could continue to pray for us, Amen. continue to support our ministry. You say, how can we support uh, just by volunteering to cook a meal? Uh, somebody discipling some of our men and ladies, uh, somebody uh, just coming and giving them a visit, somebody giving them a hug, uh, saying hello to them when you see them. And uh, Christ uh, told us that we'll know other people to know that we're his disciples by our love for one another. Amen. And so it's an opportunity for us to take people that are not necessarily like us or didn't grow up like us and uh, are not struggling with the same things that we struggle with and uh, opportunity to love and show this, and display the love of Christ. So support us in that way. Don't forget that we have the thrift store over there, and many of you give uh, donated items, and then you come over and you support by purchasing items over there. Uh, but it's going toward the, the ministry over there to help us uh, supplement some of the cost of what we have going on, and we want to say thank you for that, and we appreciate it. Uh, this evening, Pastor, if you're going to come and, uh, and invite the gentleman up, uh, we'll let Pastor do that, and then I'll come up and read the names. All right, gentlemen, if you would, please, those of you who have completed the program, would you stand, if you would, to make your way to the, uh, the stairwell? And uh, we want to hear a little bit about your life from Brother James. Brother James Tuning. He has been an example of faithfulness and consistency. Uh, he hails from Berea, Kentucky, uh, but wants to claim Indiana as, as his home. <laughs> he's currently working at our church on the janitorial staff at the AOB building, and he's also currently enrolled in the Hammond Bible Institute, and he gave me a thought or a goal that he wanted to accomplish while he was here, and he said that he would like to be 
an obedient soul winner. He gave me a verse that he uh, enjoys thoroughly, and I'll read it to you here quickly, Psalm 37 and verse number 4. And it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Mr. James Chuney. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. James, as a, I remember when he first came, and of course James had a history here. It came uh, years ago, and then the Lord brought him back from Kentucky. And when he came, it was a very difficult time. It was a bitter uh, winter time. And, uh, but it, it became obvious that I feel like the stability of the home would be a blessing to him, and I believe that proved to be the case. And uh, he loves the Lord, and I think anybody who knows him knows that's the case. He can talk the paint off the wall, but uh, we would certainly appreciate. And you're going to hear him sing tonight. He's going to sing in just a few moments, so we we'll look forward to hearing him sing. He loves the Lord, and James, we are so proud of you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for completing the program and doing so humbly with a sweet spirit. God bless you. Mr. Noel Combs. <laughs> yeah, he's an excitement, a ball of excitement, I tell you. He's a young man that comes from, to us from White Plains, New York. It's about 10 minutes from where, Brooklyn? The Bronx. Oh, he want to get it straight, okay? We're going to get it straight, the Bronx. <laughs> he has a plan to stay in Indiana. Uh, we've watched the Lord work in his life in unbelievable ways. And uh, he came to us, and Noel is not uh, a typical uh, person that we would, that would last in the home for a while uh, because he's hard-headed. So, uh, but uh, we took Noel and loved him right where he was, and we watched Noel grow in the Lord. And uh, we've watched him uh, walk with the Lord and become uh, independent. And uh, that's our main goal, and uh, this is a commencement for him. This is the beginning of a few baby steps that he's going to take for the rest of his life. And uh, we're here with him all the way, and uh, he just moved here in uh, we're East Chicago, Indiana. And uh, we're proud of him. He's in my Sunday school class and a vibrant member. Uh, his, he wants us to pray for him, uh, that he'll continue to walk with the Lord, uh, continue to be a hard worker, and then eventually he would like to start a family. He gave me uh, two unique verses that I read, and I was excited to read over them with him earlier. And uh, it was from Psalm chapter number 89 and verse number 6 and verse number 7. Uh, the Bible says, For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. Mr. Noel Combs. We are so proud of Noel, especially, and, and as uh, he's already, he's completed his program previously, so he's found an apartment, he lives in his apartment, just a beautiful testimony. Sometimes people get out of the program and they quit going to church, and they think it's not, you know, that helped me get out of, out of, out of my addiction, and I was there while I was in the program, but then they don't go after that. And boy, church is a vital part of uh, anyone's stability. God gave us his word, he gave us his spirit, and gave us his body, healthy people, uh, sit on all on three stool on a three legged stool, not a two legged stool. You can you can hear the Bible, you can read the Bible at home, and God can speak to you. But He'll never speak to you quite like He does in your Sunday school class, in your church service. 
and I thank God for that. I'm taking too long, but I admire Noel. He's got a great job at a roofing company. He works hard. He's not missed a day. He's got a great record there, and uh, even rides his bicycle to church from uh, East Chicago. That's going to be difficult in January. You pray for him, all right, and uh, maybe give him a ride. But he rides his bike, makes sure he was early in Sunday school, and I thank God for that. We, are prou- we applaud you. We are proud of you. Noel, God bless you. Thank you for completing the program. Amen. Mr. Chris Schwab. Mr. Schwab comes to us from Modesto, California. Uh, He was attending a church there, and he had heard about our program through one of his friends that uh, came through our program. And he came to us, and uh, he came in. He was really sharp, and he completed his first couple of levels of uh, discipleship. And uh, we've watched him consistently grow in the Lord. And then he had a little bit of a, a uh, just a slipping back. And uh, in his mind, he thought that uh, because he had slipped back a little bit, that God would abandon him and that God would not uh, care to lift him up and pick him up and take him by the hand. And I can remember uh, me and Dave Talbot were in the Bible Institute and we were walking out of the door uh, on a Tuesday night and Chris was walking down the street and we bumped into Chris, and we said, hey, Chris, what's going on? And he really didn't want to talk to us. He was trying to be far off from us. Uh, but uh, he began to tell us, uh, he told Dave, he said, man, you just scare me. You remind me of my dad, you know. He just scared me. And I said, Dave is a scary guy, believe it or not. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Uh, <laughs> he scares me. <laughs> but uh, he said, Dave, you just scare me. He said, uh, but he was joking with him. And uh, But we began to minister to him from the word of God right there on the steps. And uh, we can see a light bulb go off in him. And he said, you know, I'm willing to submit to whatever you guys have for me. He said to us, I am not in the right state of mind to make a decision for myself. So since I trust you guys, I'll let you make a decision for me. And so we made a decision for him to do certain things, uh, to uh, step back from certain things and to chill for a little bit and rest up and and get his head and his mind right. And we watched him do it, and we watched God put a smile back on his face. And we watched God give him his glow back, and we watched God give him his joy back and his peace back. And uh, you talk about a story of redemption, uh, here stands one. And uh, somebody just had an encounter with Jesus, just fresh, up close, and personal. And uh, if you get an opportunity to get a chance to meet any of these guys, come and meet them, talk with them, and you'll be shocked what the Lord has done in their life. And uh, they probably can help you uh, a lot more than you think. And uh, so Mr. Chris, he's planning to uh, leave us here in January, I believe, and uh, travel back to his home state in California. Uh, But he did tell me today that he was extremely grateful for the foundation uh, that gives him the direction for success, and he wants to continue in that. So please be in prayer for Brother Chris as he wants to continue uh, following the Lord and serving him. Uh, He gave me a verse that he really loved, and uh, I wanted to give it to you uh, today. And it was uh, from um, John chapter 14 and verse number 6. And he said, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, Mr. Chris Schwab. 
Thank you, Chris. And it's a wonderful joy just to catapult on what already has been said, but I admire you. And by the way, submission is a key to victory. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God. And just uh, on, those, on those steps, submitting, saying, you know what? I don't, I don't want to be the boss. I'll let someone else decide for me. Uh, in this state. That's very admirable, Chris. We're praying that God will use you when you go back home. You're picking a good time to go to California in January of 2023. And, but uh, we're certainly glad to have you for the next several weeks, and we're excited about how God will use you. You've been a great blessing, and you can see him on the Saturday Soul Winning Meeting, going out, telling folks about the Lord. Uh, always uh, dresses nice, looks good, wants to be a blessing, and wants to be a part of the solution and a part of a problem. And I admire you, Chris. Thank you so very much. Pastor, you're really tall, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Make the obvious, why don't you? Uh, this next individual that we're going to uh, mention here and talk about for a few moments is uh, it's, it's, it's uh, quite difficult for us uh, because we deal with uh, men and ladies that come to our home and uh, our deepest desire is that uh, the bond of addiction would be broken on them. And uh, I've seen that God chooses to answer our prayers in different ways. And uh, we have a gentleman uh, who, whose birthday was yesterday, and he would have turned 26 years old. And uh, we want to take the time, uh, this moment, to honor him. Uh, his uh, dad is here, his sister is here, and we want to take the time to honor him because now he lives with Jesus. And... Uh, so I want to read something about Mr. Calvin. Mr. Calvin Glover came to us from Ottawa, Illinois. He was known as a hard-working young man. Uh, he was saved and baptized before coming to us, and then he was able to complete all of his discipleship lessons and his uh, challenges or curriculum uh, in just a short amount of time. He was a very articulate and astute uh, student. And uh, I would have conversations with him, and uh, he would uh, literally blow, blow my mind, uh, just the conversations we would have. And uh, uh, we uh, got an opportunity to uh, bring him with us on an occasion to uh, Howes Anderson College uh, where we was preaching. And uh, he came, and uh, he left there. The excitement in the whole uh, atmosphere at Howes Anderson College got him so excited. Uh, he said, you know, I think I want to surrender to serve God for the rest of my life uh, as a missionary. And uh, we would have conversations about soul winning and uh, witnessing to people. Uh, I can remember Dave Talbot calls me his first day here. Uh, he, the, the, his second day here, he came on a Friday. His second day here, we had Super Saturday Soul Winning, and he had to go out. And he said, this doesn't make sense. This is uh, rude to go out and knock on people's doors. You know, why, why, why are we doing this? And... Uh, and we just had a conversation with him, and, uh, and probably, what do you say, three weeks in, Dave? A couple weeks in, three weeks or so after doing it, 
He said, man, I'm in love with this thing called soul winning, and I want to be a part of this thing. I'm all about it. And uh, he, was ex- he was riled up. And uh, he was so excited that he began to write a sermon uh, because he said he wanted to surrender to the Lord and preach. And uh, he's got a sermon that he was writing out, and uh, he had talked to me about it uh, just one day before he transitioned to be with the Lord. And uh, it was an exciting time. I was looking forward to him. We didn't know where he was going to preach it at, but uh, he was going to practice preaching on the RU men, I guess. <laughs> I don't know where he was going to do, but preach to Brother Steve Shields, I guess. But uh, he was going to practice on somebody. He gave me a verse. Me and him uh, were conversing back and forth one day, and uh, I tucked away a verse in my heart uh, when I was speaking to Calvin. And this was the verse that he gave me that he said was impactful for, to him. And uh, this was the verse in Psalm 34 and verse number 6. It said, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The truth is, uh, Calvin is saved out of all of his troubles now because he's having everlasting fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This time, Pastor is going to come and uh, say a few words, and then we'll uh, commence uh, our services. Thank you, Brother James, and we're so glad uh, to have Calvin's dad, Kevin, and uh, his sister, Maxine. Maxine came here right after Calvin went home to be with the Lord and was with us. Would you mind standing together real quickly? Would you all stand there, Kevin and Maxine? This is a difficult time. Yesterday was his birthday, but posthumously, we would like to present to uh, Kevin and to Maxine his certificate of completion in the Bible that will be given in his memory, especially and uh, let you know that we love you, and we, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to come from Ottawa today and to be a part of this time. How many have lost a loved one sometime in your life? Would you raise your hand? You know it's difficult, but it's especially fresh at difficult seasons. And Maxine, we thank God for you. And Kevin, thank you so much for taking time to come today. Can we pray together as we conclude this time? And then Brother James is going to sing. If you have your Bibles in a moment, as soon as the song begins to sing, we can go to Proverbs chapter 23. We'll pick up our study momentarily. Let's pray together. Father, I pray especially for Kevin and Maxine and their family. Very difficult season. The pain is so fresh. The separation is challenging. But thank you, Lord, for Calvin. Thank you that he knew you and he was saved. And Lord, showed fruit of such things. I'm grateful. I pray that you would please bless their family. Thank you, Lord, for uh, each of our graduates. Lord Julia, we're so proud of her. Thank you for her heart for you and her excellence and her respect and submission that she shows. And I, I thank you for that. I pray you'd bless her and make her a great and a beautiful wife and mom serving you one day. And Lord, I thank you for Noel. And I'm certainly grateful to have him with us, Brother James, Brother Chris. I pray that you congratulate these men and help them, Lord, to stay on the high road of holiness and having the opportunity to enjoy the blessings of God upon their lives. I pray you bless them. And I pray you bless Brother James as he sings, and we take a few moments to look at the scripture this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Now there are those who said, I'd surely fall 
When I told him I'd given Jesus my all And I guess I can't really blame them Having their doubts He only knew what I used to be Oh, what a difference the Lord made in me What I got was real Thank God I'm still serving him now Forever changed my forever changed All things are brand new I'll tell you it's true I'm not the same He changed the whole Was all that he promised to me Friend, I'd still choose to serve Lord, faithfully No one ever could begin to imagine What he had in store Once I was lost And headed for hell But then I got saved And now all is well My eternity began When I took the precious hand of Jesus, my Lord, forever changed, my forever changed. All things are brand new, I'll tell you it's true, I'm not the same. He changed the whole Boy, the inspirations ought to watch out. You never know what might happen there. Great job, Brother James. That was a blessing. Thank you, Brother Aaron, for playing the piano for him as well. We appreciate that. We're in Proverbs chapter 23. We've been taking several weeks, and it just happens tonight. The topic we're talking about is addiction and alcohol. <laughs> it wasn't planned that way, but the Lord has done that for us. We're speaking about things that parents need to tell their children. Things that need to be modeled and ministered to the next generation. And uh, in the book of Proverbs chapter 23, first of all, we need to teach our children to listen. That's one of the best things and the early things they need to learn. God gave them two ears and one mouth for a reason. (laughs) 
listen. And uh, we see that in verse number um, verse number 19. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Verse 20 says, be not among winebibbers. It teaches we have to teach our children to guard themselves against wrong relationships. He that walk with wise men shall be, but a companion of fools shall be. Boy, so many people. Rarely does someone get into wrong things alone. Usually there's someone who is there. The first time someone smokes their first cigarette, usually they're not alone. The first time they drink their alcohol or take a drag off a marijuana hit, they're not by themselves. Oftentimes there's somebody else in play. Be careful who you spend time with. Verse 21, the Bible says, The drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness will close a man with brags. Teach your children to be diligent. Model that and mentor diligence, hard work. I love the thing I heard so many times uh, this, this particular time uh, about uh, the, the people that we honor tonight is they're hardworking, they're diligent people. That's a great testimony. Verse number 22, teach them to re- requite their aging parents. The Bible tells in verse 22, read out loud with me, would you please hearken unto thy father that beget thee and despise not thy mother. When your mom and dad get older, uh, be sure that you learn to love them. Pure religion is shown in how that we treat those who are elderly in our family and seeking to do your best to take care of them and uh, not despise them or make fun of them or look down upon them in their aging years, but seek to help them. That's a biblical thing, and kids need to be taught that, and we all need to be reminded of that. Sometimes people don't want to put their life on, on hold. Uh, they don't want to change their, their, their comfort zone to help an aging mom or a dad. The Bible says don't despise your mother when she gets old. She can't do what she used to be able to do. You love her. You run to her. Don't run away from her. Help your dad and that listen to them. Now look at the next thing in verse number 23. Value the abstract and the eternal versus the material and the temporal. By the truth, sell it not also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Then yield your heart to your parents. Uh, children need to be reminded of that. That, uh, you need, that, that you need to yield your mom and yield your heart, your desires, your thinking to your parents. So many times young people, and most of our young people are in the Transformer Kids Club today. Very few teenagers in here. But if you are a teenager in here from our, from our, our Chicagoland team, but all of us need to learn to yield our, our hearts to our own parents. Love them. And uh, let them help you and direct you during your adolescent years especially. And then number 26, look at verse 26. My son, give me thine heart. Would you read the rest of the verse with me? And let thine eyes. Boy, this is, the, this is something that we need to do as, uh, as uh, people. We need to learn to be a good example. Mark Twain said, nothing bothers me more than a good example. <laughs> but boy, we need to be a good example. Nothing aggravates a child and someone to tell them do one thing and then do another thing. Learning to emulate those things. He said, he said, give me your heart, but then watch how I do things and do it my way. And I think those are some very good examples for us. We look here, and we spent a whole service recently on this particular topic, but let's look at the next one. The next thing he says in, in, um, in, in order, in verse 27, read it with me if you would please. For a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. She also lieth in wait for the prey and increases the transgressors among men. 
The next thing that children need to be taught is to avoid and abstain and get away from immorality. And that strange, that, that whore, that, that immorality is, is a deep pit. And you get into this, the pit of immorality, and it's going to take you down. I've dealt with it in the last week. I've dealt with it in the last two weeks. I've dealt with it in the last month. Uh, immorality. And whether it's a teenager or an adult, it doesn't matter. It has damaging effects. Just before I came into the, uh, the room tonight, I had the opportunity to talk to someone about that. And immorality, pornography, texting, sexting, talking to someone you shouldn't be talking to, seeing things you shouldn't see, discussing things you shouldn't discuss, uh, being involved in situations you shouldn't do, all that stuff has a very complicating, complex problems. Sin complicates life. Immorality puts it on steroids. Takes it to a whole nother level. And uh, you, don't, you don't have to, you don't, there's not even nothing to argue with about that. We spoke about that the last time we talked about this. But now... The, uh, the, the Holy Spirit of God inspires the Holy Script to transition to another topic that kids must be informed about, and a warning is given. Let's look at it, if we can, please. Verse number 29. Who hath woe? Who's got problems? Who hath sorrow? Who's very brokenhearted, challenged, sad? Who hath contentions? Who's fighting with people? Who hath babblings, just talking out of their head, not really making a lot of sense, saying things they shouldn't say? Who hath wounds without cause? Who has scars all over their body that even, they shouldn't even have? Who has, who has wounds on their body without, and wounds inside as well as outside? Who hath redness of eyes? He asks a question. And then he says, they that tarry long at the wine. They that go down to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it be, moveth itself aright. So he says, when, whenever it's fermented, don't even look at it. Much less put it in your mouth. He says, don't look at it. Don't, don't, even, don't, even, don't even look at it. It's amazing how they put alcohol in, in clear, clear glasses and almost worship the, the, the colors and the bubbles and all of that, the foam, uh, the wine. People take it and they'll just toss it around in their cup and look at it. See, the, see, see how, it, how it does when it moves itself, when it's fermented. It's almost like it's worse. You, you, you watch ball games and the, the camera zooms over to someone and they immediately pick up their alcohol and show it to you. It's like the, the camera's on there. Oh, where's my beer? Uh-huh. And they hold it up. I mean, last night on the, 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 Mr. Ryan, who was running for the Senate in Ohio, you know, he's doing an interview and he picks up his light beer and holds it up there. Uh, Justin Verlander recently pitched uh, in the World Series and actually won his first game in nine games that he tried to pitch in the World Series. And afterwards, they said, where were you a little while toward the end? He goes, I went back to have a few bud, a be- beers just to calm myself down. And oh, it was a big joke when they interviewed him. Peyton Manning is a great quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback. But uh, some, somebody decided they'd pay him money if, if he would talk about Bud Light. So every time he got, he got a, he, at the end of his, end of his, uh, end of his uh, Super Bowl, you know, what, do you, what, do you, what did you do? Oh, I want to go get a Bud Light. And I think heavy, heavy on the head of people that do such things for, for, for money, monetary things, creates all kinds of problems. 
He said, but, he said, but don't even look at it. We argue with people all the time. Well, that's wrong. It's nothing wrong to drink. Just nothing wrong to get drunk. That's the problem right there. But here, I think the Bible's overall challenge to everybody is, is not to drink it. Don't even look at it. Don't even let it entice you. Look at continuing, if we can, please. Millions of dollars are spent every year on advertisement. But look, if you would please, in making it look good, making it look attractive. Verse number 32, at the end, it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. It has an unbelievable addictive issue to it. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Just like any alcohol and intoxicant, uh, drugs, methamphetamine, cocaine, heroin, all that stuff has, it triggers immoral activity in your mind and your body desires. So it's exactly what it does. By the way, that's not good. Nothing good about that. He said, your eyes will, will, will behold strange women. Look, verse 34, yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, and the he that lieth at the top of the mass. It'll create instability in your relationships. Alcohol is a solvent. It dissolves families. It dissolves relationships. It causes all kinds of things. It doesn't put things together. It, it, it messes things up. It creates instability, not stability. In the last verse, verse number 35, they have stricken me, thou shalt say, and I was not sick. They've beaten me, and I felt it not. So he said, he said you, you're going to find yourself, you got, I, got, I got stricken, I got beat up, and, and I've been sick, and I don't even know why I'm sick. I've been beaten up, and I didn't even feel it. And when I awake, what's the last part of that verse say? Go right back into that uh, slop. Right back into it again. Find it over and over again. See the results, see the problems, see the difficulties, and climb right back into that same addiction. Look, if you would please, at chapter 20 of Proverbs, chapter 20. Verse number 1. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever the seed thereby is not wise. One thing we know about wine and know about alcohol, it's a, it makes fun of you. It, it's a mocker. And it does. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, amazing. What do we do at New Year's? What do they do to ring in a new year when you ought to be praying and looking for God to help you? What do they do? Drink. It's tragic. And, it, and, and I just like to say, and, and once again, it's only a personal preference, but there's nothing more sacred. As, or one of the more sacred things in the world is a marriage and a wedding. And I love it when it's in church. And I despise alcohol at a reception. How in the, why in the world would you get married and then show champagne and, and toast to champagne, alcohol? Something's going to destroy something. How would you serve that at a wedding? It just, it's, it's, it's something just just gets you started on the wrong foot at best. It, it's a mockery. Christmas time should be a time of blessing and time of encouragement. Alcohol flows like a river at the average. You go, go to Costco or go, go to one, and you see everybody coming out with just alcohol after alcohol. They say that the average American that drinks, 15 years and old, drinks 32 gallons of alcohol a year. Billions of dollars. Oftentimes they'll say, well, you know, we get a lot of money from alcohol in our taxation. For every one dollar... 
that the United States of America collects in, in taxes for alcohol. They spend $4 for programs, emergency room visits, all the things that they have to pay for alcohol. I remember years ago I was in a car with my dad. My dad was driving. We were in a little, in a little Volkswagen bus is what we were driving. My dad was driving. It was a borrowed vehicle. But he was driving, and me and my buddy Tom were in the front here, and, and it was cold that night, so the heater was down the front. And, but my dad said, get in the back, guys, get in the back. And Tom balked at my dad. said, nah, Mr. Wilson, I, I want to do it. My dad owns the vehicle. Let me just stay right here. And, my, and his dad owned the vehicle, so he let him stay up there in the front. He made me move in the back. A drunk, alcohol, all you know, a, a drunk guy came across the median and hit his head on about 20 minutes after my dad moved me, and Tom went into eternity, got killed. I remember that little drunk man coming up to me. I was, I'd have broke my leg, broke my hip, had several surgeries. And, uh, and I remember him coming to the emergency room with me, and he had a little flat-top haircut, short fella, and he, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if they arrested him later. I'm not sure what, but he just went up to me and he said, I killed one boy. Can't believe it. I said, son, are you going to be okay? Are you going to be going? And just think about uh, all because of alcohol. And just the, the, the challenges of that. And I don't know, everybody has their opinion. And Brother jo- Johnny Pope, he has written many blogs and things that help people and scriptural things. He said, but nothing got more negative attention of all the blogs I've ever written and when I wrote on you should abstain completely from alcohol. He said, I got more feedback from, from people saying, how dare you say you should abstain from alcohol? You don't know the Bible. You don't know this and all that stuff. It's the, it's the one issue that seems right now especially. And by, you, can, you can find it in the Bible. You can find all kinds of places of alcohol in the Bible and it's never positive. Ask Lot how it went for Lot. Ask Noah how it went for Noah. Ask Ahasuerus how it went for him. Ask Haman how it went for him. Everywhere it comes in the Bible, it brings complication, challenges, issues, sin, complications. And just a few thoughts, you know, I'm not going to go through it. I need to stop. But I think it's kind of fitting tonight, and certainly did not plan this, but I felt like I'll just keep on going with what we're going. But, boy, it's something that I think we we need to do. it. And every once in a while, we get some young people. Their parents were saved out of alcohol. We get a story like we heard on Sunday from Brother Chitty, 22 years old, an alcoholic, a drug addict, and God saved him out of that. And we see the, the change and what he had and what he has now. It's unbelievable. And then we got some people who were raised in this church and raised under good homes, and all of a sudden they, they want to go try it. Here's what I would just say. Don't ever start it. And if you're entertaining it, Stop. Why don't you just go with, I think, what the overall, if you want to find a couple things, we don't, there are so many choices now. You don't, you don't have to drink alcohol. I think we got refrigeration, all kinds of things. Now, years ago, and the Bible even tells us in the same book we read here, he said, if you're going to give alcohol, give strong drink to someone who's ready to die. Okay? And, and today, if someone's ready to die and there's no hope for them and they want to, they want to eat, what do they do? They put them in what kind of a facility? hospice and they give them medication to help them with their their bone cancer or their pain or what have you is that if there's going to be that we don't need that for medication today 
Lots of things we can learn about that. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, it, you, you find so many blessings by just staying completely away from it. And it's extremely addictive. It's extremely, it, it creates immoral activity inside of you. It creates instability and a myriad of other, other things. If you can see, if you just got a, an open mind and a brain, you can see that God is not for it. Stay away from it. And encourage your young people to do it. My dad, my dad's mom was an alcoholic. And uh, that's all he knew. She was drunk most of his adolescence. The night he got, the day he got saved, his mother was drunk. And uh, my dad worked hard to get all of us kids. Anytime he found, he found cooler bottles or cooler cans. He would just pour them out right in front. And we'd stomp on those cans, stomp on them. I hate beer. He'd see a wine bottle. Say, Look at that. He saw a drunk. He'd say, you, you, you see what happens? That guy put that in his mouth. Look what happens. You want to see, you want to see your life do like that? Boy, he, he whacked away at that. Because he knew that we got all that inside of us. We got familiar spirits and we've got all kinds of other territorial spirits that cause us to do some things. We have, we'll ask God, Lord, let me just stay away from it, as far away from it as I can. Heard a tragic story. And there was a young lady who got a call. She died. We got a call from the coroner to the dad. He said, Dad. He said, you're, you're, we need you to come identify your daughter at the, at the morgue. And he said, no. Went down there and found that it was her. And then found out she was drunk. Found out she had been drinking. They found alcohol in the back. And he got furious. He said, I'm going to find out who sold him the alcohol. And he's trying to find out where they bought the alcohol. I'm going to kill the guy. I'll kill him for selling my girl that alcohol. Well, he did not know, he went back to, and after he got all through, he went back to his alcohol closet, and the very bottle was taken away, and a note was there, Daddy, we wanted to have a little bit of fun. I'll give your bottle back later. And she actually got killed on the very alcohol that is in his, his closet. And, uh, boy, just nothing good happens. I don't think I could take, I think I could take stories all night long. You say, you don't believe those stories? Just go sit in an emergency room anywhere in this Lake County area, Chicago, and Cary, on a Friday night and Saturday. Just go sit there and sit in the waiting room. Tell them you're fine. And you're going to see the effects of this. And many Christians want to play around with it. Don't be one of them. Let's pray together. Father, thank you.